Uh, my name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we are very excited to have all of you with us here on this Memorial Day weekend, on this uh, time that I'm sure some of you were out of town and, and came in. Um, wow, well, my, my parents are here. Uh, nice. I, I wasn't expecting that. How about that? I mean, I knew they were in town, but um, they should, like show up every now and then. It's kind of scary, actually. My parents just show up at the door. Your parents ever do that? Um, anyway. So we are in the uh, last week of a series entitled Supernatural, talking about spiritual warfare and what goes on in, in realms that we can't see with our own eyes. And, and really, I, I've told you that I've taken a lot of this from a guy up in Oklahoma City. I think I said that last week. And, and this was a four-part series that we are cramming into three weeks. So today, hold on, um, because I have done... Uh, I, I've gone one, one, and now it will be two sermons today packed into one. Y'all think my mind is scattered on most Sundays? Um, hold on to your seats, folks, because it's going to be an interesting ride. Uh, so spiritual warfare, what we've talked about basically is there, there is stuff that goes on in this world that we can't see with our own eyes. There, there are players in the game that we don't know exist necessarily. We should know they exist because God has pointed them out to us. God has told us about them. There's angels. There's demons. We started out by talking about that there is stuff that goes on. We, last week we talked about the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside each one of us. And today what I want to talk about is, is the two factions that are kind of fighting this battle. The dark side, if you will. Star Wars shout out there for my friend. And the force. The good side. The demons and the angels. So I'm going to start off with the Lakers, the demons. If you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 5 is where I am at the very first of it. And if you remember, this is, uh, we, we, at the end of chapter 4, there's a lot of stuff. Jesus is doing a lot of great teaching. And then he calms the storm as they are on the boat and they go back to the other side. And we're at Mark chapter 5, verse 1. Here it is. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the land of Gerasenes. I know. I don't worry about it. I mean, I have two children, and they cry at me talking all the time. Um, verse 2, that sounds like my son. He's like, oh, another sermon from Dad. Just as Jesus was climbing from the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit ran out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the tombs and could not be restrained even with chains. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, He snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to control him. All day long and throughout the night, he would wander among the tombs and in the hills, screaming and hitting himself with stones. Another uh, translation says, cutting himself with stones. He was so tormented that he was cutting himself. Interesting, that still goes on today. There's still a lot of problem with that and people that are so tormented, cutting. It's interesting that some things just... Don't change the way devil attack, the devil attacks us. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him. He ran to meet Jesus and fell down before him. He gave a terrible scream, shrieking, Why are you bothering me, Jesus? Most son of the most high God, for God's sake, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Come out of the man, you evil spirit. See, the guy wasn't just crazy. He was possessed by an evil spirit. An evil spirit was dwelling inside of this man and was possessing him. 
and made him so crazy and powerful that no one could restrain him. He was no longer living among society. He was living in the cemetery in the hills among the tombs. And if you know the story, what goes on is Jesus casts out these demons, sends them into a herd of pigs, and the pigs go jump into the water and die. Why pigs? I don't know. They were nearby, and there were no cats available. Cat people just... Estimation, let me drop. Sorry. Demons exist in this world, and they have powers over us that sometimes we can't explain, and sometimes we don't recognize what's going on. Sometimes we don't recognize that it is an evil force that is possessing us. This is weird stuff. I know it. I get it. The movie Poltergeist, remember that little lady? Come to the light, Carol Ann. That's weird stuff. You know what I'm saying? But it exists. Look at these words in Mark chapter 5. So demons exist. Where did Satan come from? Anybody ever asked that question? Anybody ever said, you know, why is Satan here? I mean, why did, what's going on here? Why do we even have this whole thing? Isaiah 14 is where I am. Verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, Satan, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, this is why. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like God. See, Satan was an angel. An angel created for God, by God, who decided he wanted to be God. Now, God doesn't take too kindly to that. And so what happens? Revelation chapter 12. And there was a war in heaven. And Michael... And his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. The devil is a fallen angel that was hurled to earth, kicked out of his place in heaven, and thrown to the earth. And it is said, I've read some places, that a third of the angels went with him. And those are the demons that are living in the world and torturing us and tormenting us and trying to ensnare us and trap us and to pull us away from God. So these things exist. These entities exist in the world. And what do they do? Well, the first thing is this. Remember a few weeks ago when we first started, we were in the book of Daniel. And we were talking about how prayer is powerful. That your prayers are truly powerful. Remember this? We were talking about this in Daniel chapter 10. Remember what we talked about. I'm going to read it again. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Demons influence leaders of nations. Demons influence leaders of nations. Don't believe me? Pick up your history book. Hitler claimed that he was basing all of his stuff on the Bible. Think about that. Think of the tragedy and the horror that Hitler inflicted upon the world, upon the Jews. And why did he say he was doing it? He said he was basing everything on the Bible, on the text, on God's Word. You think there wasn't something going on there? You think there wasn't some demon that was 
meddling in Hitler's mind maybe a little bit. Turning him around in the wrong direction. Look at some of the leaders of the world today. We're not going to get into politics here because some of you may say something that's going to tick off somebody next to you. So, but it is true that demons possess and influence leaders of the world. We need to pray for our leaders, whether you like them or not. Pray for our leaders. The people who run our country, Democrats, Republicans alike, pray for them that God will give them guidance and wisdom. You ever done that? I know we're kind of a conservative uh, Republican uh, uh, area around here. I know that there are proud Democrats that live here. I've seen the signs in the yards. You all seen those? Another proud Democrat lives here. Um, but we need to pray for our leaders. Uh, demons desire to inflict suffering on you. Matthew 17. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. He is suffering greatly with these seizures, and the goal of these seizures by these demons is to kill this son. He often falls into the fire or into the water. And Jesus says, bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Demons desire to inflict suffering on us. Demons scheme to lure us away from God. First uh, book of Timothy, chapter 4. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. In the later times, people will be led astray, taken away from the path of God and the path of righteousness by demons and by deceiving spirits. I'm going to fly through the demon stuff because I want to get to the angel stuff because it's cooler. Demons want to paralyze you with fear. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Listen, this scripture right here, if you don't take anything else away from today, remember 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. God did not give you a spirit of fear. God did not give you a spirit of fear. Now that doesn't mean that you won't be cautious, that you won't be concerned, that you won't be have times where you're like, whoa, what's going on here? I'm a little nervous. But not a fear. Not a fear. When God calls you to do something, it can sometimes be a little nerve-wracking. It can sometimes blow people's minds away. I'm speaking to my in-laws and my parents right now. God called Jenna and I to move, to sell our house and to move. And our parents are blown away by this. We sold our house already. One day, bam. We prayed to God, God, sell our house quickly. God said, okay. People said we underpriced it. No, we didn't. God was moving. And look, we're doing something that's crazy. And from the outside world and from the parental level, they're a little concerned. They're a little worried. But Jenna and I are clinging to this right here. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. God gave us a spirit of love and of sound mind and of power. God called us to do something that we didn't understand and that we on our own terms couldn't do. In a market like this for a house to sell in one day, come on. And it's not because I'm, you know, y'all know I love this old house and I like to do stuff around the house. It's not because I've made it a, you know, a castle among castles. But God called us to do something and we are not scared. A little concerned. We're homeless now. A little worried. Don't have a place to go. I was looking at my office upstairs thinking how many people can we get in that office? Don't tell David that. <laughs> 
we're not afraid because we know God is in the driver's seat. And it may not be what we want. And it may not be comfortable. And it may not be exactly as the world would have it. But, you know, sometimes we've got to take that step. And the devil and his demons are going to tell us different things. Why'd you do that? You're insane. There's no way you can afford to move over here. You can't do it. Have you seen your paycheck lately? It's not going to happen. That's all right. We don't have a spirit of fear. Battling the darkness. When you're battling these demons, what do you need to remember? The first thing is this. We don't treat our enemy lightly. We don't treat our enemy lightly. That's the first thing right there. Jude 9 and 10. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. He called down God's name. He said, look, I'm, I'm the archangel Michael. I have lost my amateur status. I'm not even pro. I'm at legendary archangel level. I am, Michael means one who is like God. Not, not me, but, you know, like Michael Jordan, you know, archangel Michael, that kind of thing. And he did not even underestimate his enemy. See, that's the thing is, a lot of times we want to underestimate what's going on, the dark side of the world. I said at the very beginning of this series, I said, you know, not every bad thing that happens is caused by the devil. If you fail a test, maybe you just didn't study. If you run into another car, maybe you were talking on the phone and weren't paying attention. Sometimes not everything that happens in this world that is bad can be blamed on an evil spirit. However, we should not underestimate the power of the dark side. We should not underestimate the power of the devil and of his demons. Second thing is we, do, we don't flirt with darkness. Let no one be found among you who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Let me say that again. Anyone who does those things is detestable to the Lord. Deuteronomy 18. How many of you read horoscopes? You don't have to raise your hand. Put a little spin on that. Ouija boards. Anybody ever use a Ouija board in here? Will she go out with me? No way. These things that exist in our world that we try to do, and, you know, there's that TV show Crossing Over or something weird like that where that guy claims he talks to spirits from another world. What does God say about that? Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't float around with that stuff because you're playing with fire. Don't mess with that stuff because when you mess with that stuff, you're opening up doors that you don't want opened. It may, not, it may not get you right away. It may not get you that first time you do it or that second time or that third time. But trust me, God is saying, don't do it because you're playing with stuff that you can't control. Because you're not God. I am. I was speaking for him, not me. Third thing is, we don't fight with our power, but with God's authority. Matthew 10, 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Not because of them, but because of his power. When we fight this battle, we talked about it the first Sunday. It's the armor of God that we put on. The armor of God that we put on every day, you should be doing this. I pray the armor of God to go out into this world and to fight the battles that are there. You accept the gift of the Holy Spirit that gives you the power of guidance and direction and encouragement and counsel. And you go out into this world and you don't fight on your power. You fight on the power of God. 
You fight with the power of God. Here's the thing, though. There's another side. There's the Lakers, and then there's the Spurs. The good guys. The angels. Okay, not all the Spurs, but most of the Spurs. The angels. Let's talk about them. Sorry, I hate doing two sermons in one. It's, I can't do it. Angels. All right. What you, when I say angels, what do you think of? Angels in the outfield. All right? You think of that little movie or, you know, they're going, throwing his pitching arm. There's a guy who lifts them up in the... Anybody ever seen that movie? No? Angels in the outfield. I think the Red Sox have them. Um, uh, or, or what about uh, the movie Michael? Remember the movie Michael? Is that what an angel is? Fat, beer-drinking guy that smells like cookies? Remember that? You know, John Travolta? Or maybe It's a Wonderful Life. Do you think of It's a Wonderful Life? Clarence. Remember Clarence? You know, and then every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings, right? It's a movie that's on every year. I'm sure all of us see it, at least a part of it, every year. That, are those the angels that you see? Or maybe you have one of those little figurines or you've been given a card at some time and it has a picture of a little, a little naked baby that's bald and has little wings on it, you know, has a little heart. Is that what angels are? You know, little naked babies? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever seen one. However, listen to this right here in Hebrews 13 too. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without even knowing it. Huh. That's kind of cool, isn't it? You've come into contact with an angel before, maybe, and you didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. Remember in Genesis 18, Abraham, uh, these two guys walk up, and Abraham's like, Hey, what's up, guys? Come on in. Hey, Sarah, make some of your famous bread, because we're going to have these people in here and, and have a little feast and everything. What did it turn out to be? Two angels, didn't it? Next chapter, Lot is there. Lot does the same thing. Two guys come walking down the road, and he's like, Hey, guys, you need a place to stay? Let's come in here. Come stay with us. Turns out to be some angels that stay with them. A lot of times I think angels act in this world and we don't even know it. I think some of you have heard the stories of people who have experienced encounters with angels. Has anybody ever heard of a story of somebody that they know that says, dude, I can't explain it, but somebody, I know uh, this story my wife tells me of a guy that was in a car wreck and I can't really remember it. I'm like, y'all know what I'm talking about. And like they were pulled out of the car by somebody who was no longer there when other people got there. And the car like blew up right after the guy pulled him out. I don't know, man. I think God is so powerful and God is so amazing that stuff like that can happen. I believe in it. I believe in it. I told you last week that I believe that my daughter can see things that I can't. I believe my daughter can see angels. I believe there are people on this earth with special needs that live on a different plane than we do. There are moments when she looks away, she's smiling, and I know she sees something. Angels exist. Who are they? Who are they? Angels are worshipers. They're worshipers. We talked about this in one of the songs. You hear the angels sing. You know, hear the voice of angels, something like that. That's why I don't lead worship. Um, Hebrews 1. And then when he presented his honored son to the world, God said, let all the angels of God worship him. 
What do angels do? They worship God. They worship the Son of God. Revelation chapter 5. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne in a loud voice. They sang, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. You know, my picture of heaven, I, I don't know what heaven's going to look like. I know what, uh, what John wrote about in Revelation, and I can see that, and I don't understand it, you know. I, I'm not, if you come up to me and you ask me about the end times and all that stuff, I'm going to say, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not that smart. God hadn't revealed that to me. You know, I've told you many times that my picture of heaven is me and Jesus sitting on a boat fishing for bass and catching huge, tremendous, just, you know, these monsters. Some of you are like, I hope that's not heaven. (laughs) That sounds absolutely horrible. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. But I do know one thing, and I know it from right here. that There's going to be some worshiping going on. There's going to be some praising going on. And this is, I mean, I, I love this service. I love this contemporary feel. I love organ music. I love choir music. I've been in choirs throughout my life and done things like that. But when this, when this group up here gets going, and when y'all get going, I've told you this many times that I stop singing, and I just listen. And I picture that as a picture of heaven. People praising God. People praising God. Some of you can't sing. You know, we know it. Some of you have horrible pitch and horrible notes, and Randy Jackson would be like, I don't know, dog. I don't know, dog. You just didn't do it for me, you know. And Simon would be all over you, but Paul would be like, but you look great today. You know, but... and. and but you're still worshiping God with everything you have. And that's, what my, that's my idea of what heaven is. That's the angels. That's what they're doing. Is they're worshiping God. Worshiping God. So angels are made to worship God. Second thing is this. Angels are warriors. Second Kings. That night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death, wait for it, 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. The angels are warriors. They're fighters. They're worshipers. They're peaceful people, gentle people. But at the same time... They're going to bring it when God needs them to bring it. They're the mighty warriors. There is a, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I was about to jump into the Balaam story, the donkey, because I love that story. And it's really funny. We'll get into it in just a second. But uh, there was a war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. There's a war going on and the angels are God's army. You ever heard that God's army? That term God's army? They're the angels. They're the ones who fight for us, who fight for the good side, who fight to hold down the devil who fight to protect us. Angels are messengers. There is no clearer message that an angel brought than to Mary. Remember this? An angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to be pregnant, and it's going to be God's son. Enjoy. And then an angel came to Joseph and said, your wife's pregnant, we know this. It wasn't another man, it was God. Angels are messengers. They come to deliver us messages. I don't know if you've ever had a message come to you in some form. I have. I've had things that have happened where I know God was speaking to me. And was it an angel delivering it to me? I don't know. Sometimes somebody comes up to you and gives you some wise counsel and you have no idea where it came from. Maybe it's one of those entertaining of a stranger that, that came up that was an angel. I don't know. What do the angels do? They give us direction. Here's Balaam. Numbers 22. This is a great story. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry with him. And the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. 
Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with the drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into the field. Okay, what happened? Balaam gets on his donkey. He starts going down the road and he's going somewhere that God didn't want him to go. He wasn't listening to the spirit. He wasn't listening to God. He was going in the direction of the world in a way that he wasn't supposed to go. An angel's there to stop him. He doesn't see it, but the donkey does. The donkey turns off the road. Balaam gets ticked off. He jumps off and he starts beating the donkey. He gets back on the donkey. And he starts going again. The angel's still there with the sword. And the donkey's like, dude, I'm not going that direction. And he goes the other way. Balaam gets ticked off again. He jumps off. He starts beating the donkey. He gets back on. Then he starts riding. Angel's still there. The donkey still sees it. And the donkey just sits down. Says, I'm done. You know, whatever you're going to do, do it. Balaam gets mad again. He starts beating the donkey again. Then what does God do? Makes the donkey talk. This is what I love about this story. I mean, I think God's really funny anyway, because I'm a pastor and the duck-billed platypus, those two things. But, uh, and so the donkey starts talking and the donkey says, dude, I don't, this, you know, I don't know if he said this exactly. Dude, why are you hitting me? There's, do you not see the angel right there? I mean, seriously, we've been buddies. We're friends. You know, I've been a good donkey. Everything you've asked me to do, I've done. But now there's something that you don't see. Don't go that direction. It's the donkey saying this. And then God opens Balaam's eyes and he sees the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, if you had come a little bit further, I would have killed you. Angels are there to give us direction when we are going the wrong way. The angel is there to stop him and say, stop. You're going down the wrong path. Go this way. Now, I don't know if any of you own a donkey. Maybe your dog's going to you know, talk to you someday and, and give you direction through the Holy Spirit. But angels are there to give us direction. Angels are also here to protect us from danger. Acts chapter 12. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up quick, he said. And the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. I have a a grandmother-in-law who is uh, a great prayer warrior. She is somebody that prays a lot. She prays for grace. I mean, she is just a prayer warrior. And one of the things that she always prays for is protection over Jenna during driving. It's something that she always prays for because Jenna, I love her to death. She's not a great driver. And so Jane, her grandmother, prays for protection, that angels would protect her while she's driving. I'm so worried, God forbid, the day, I mean, that she's eventually going to move on to be with her husband, Kurt, up in heaven. I'm afraid for that day because I'm going to have to start taking over the prayers for Jenna's driving. Because I know that, I mean, I would really think, I picture this whole angel bumper around Jenna's car. And my kids are in there, you know, and, you know, and Jenna. And, and so, I, do you ever pray for anything like that? You know, I, I pray, when Gracie goes into a surgery or, or things like that, I pray for protection for her. I pray that God would protect her. I pray uh, during this time that we're coming off medicines and doing things like that with all of her seizures, that God would protect her. I pray protection from, our son comes to day school up here and and their little class is like a Petri dish. I mean, there's so, I mean, it's just, 
If you want to get sick and get out of school, kids, come to the newborn class over here at the church during the day. It will take care of it. And he brings stuff home all the time. And I'm just like praying for protection for grace from, you know, Corbin and his snot. Basically, let's, you know, he's walking now. He's everywhere. So, and, and I pray for protection. You know, when you do that, I believe that God sends angels to do that, to protect you, to come around you, to surround you and protect you. There have been stories that I've heard of people who were in scary situations. They were just praying for protection. And then they could see these like thrones of angels, throngs of angels standing around them. Giving protection. I've heard of stories about soldiers over in Iraq who have done similar things, prayed for protection, and angels were there to surround them. It's amazing things. Amazing things that God does through his angels. They're here to protect us from, from danger, and then they're also here to minister to us. They're here to minister to us. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Hebrews 1.14 are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Remember when Jesus was in the garden? It's right before he was betrayed. Right before Judas comes in and, and, uh, and betrays him and he's taken off and he's going through the whole torture and, and the cross. He was pretty scared, wasn't he? I mean, real scared. So scared he got to a point where he asked God to stop it all. God, remove this cup from me. He says, but not my will, yours. And what happens right after he does that? An angel comes to him. An angel comes to him and ministers to him and gives him strength. Because he couldn't go on without the strength of God. So God sent an angel to minister to him. I think God does that to us as well. Sends angels to comfort us and to care for us and to give us strength and to give us courage when we need courage. To protect us when we need protection. To help us to fight against the dark powers that exist in this world. Here's the last thing. I, I know that I have... <laughs> this has been a very random um, uh, sermon uh, for me as well, so I apologize. I was thrown off by my parents showing up, so that kind of... I mean, from there, it was like a train wreck, so I apologize. But remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, that Holy Spirit curtain, so, uh, or last week, so hopefully that filtered out some stuff. But I want you to remember this. That you know, the whole God is not a God of fear thing. And the second thing, I said it at the beginning, I said it last week, and I will say it again. We are not fighting for victory. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from it. We are fighting from victory. We are in a fight, yes. We are in a battle, yes. It is a struggle, yes. Dark times come on our life for sure. There will be times when you don't think you can go on, that you don't think you can get out of bed in the morning because things are so bad and depressed and horrible. You're homeless. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what's going to happen with your life. You don't know what's going to happen with your daughter or your son. You pray, but you don't know. Guess what? You've already won. There are lighter days ahead. The grace and peace and love of Jesus Christ surrounds you. The victory has been won. The victory has been won. It was won on the cross when that first nail went in. Bam, won. It was won when the second nail went in. It was won when he died. And it was won when he rose again from the dead. And so no matter how many attacks that you suffer, no matter how many times the devil comes at you, that the demons come and attack you, you can sit there and, I mean, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. I've been through a lot of pain. 
in the last two and a half years. But I know, without a shadow of doubt, with every fiber of my being, I know that the victory is won. No matter what happens to Gracie, no matter what happens to my son, to my wife, to me, we could all die today and we'd be in a better place. My daughter, I mean, y'all know that this is where I experience my suffering and my grace and my anger with God and my peace with God. And the most close I get with God is through her. If she died right now today, she'd be completely and perfectly healed. I'd be lost. I would suffer greatly, much pain and loss, because she wouldn't be with me. But I would rejoice in my soul and my spirit because I know where she'd be. This spiritual warfare thing, I told you at the beginning that it weirds me out. This isn't my area of expertise. This isn't my, I'm not the spiritual warfare pastor. But I know it exists and I live in it. And I battle and I struggle and I fight and so do you. And what you need to remember is this, that the victory has been won. The victory has been won. It is there. It is there for you if you just accept it. If you accept the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I pray that all of you would do so. I pray that all of you would do that, would just reach out with your hearts and your soul and say, God, come into my life and give me that strength and that power to go on. Give me that strength and that power to live in the victory of Jesus Christ, to be washed clean by the blood of him. So that when those darkness comes, when those waves come and try to take me down, I will know, even though it's a struggle, that I am going to come out on the other side because of you. I guess that's what this series was about. Was knowing that even though we may suffer, we will one day win.